This is episode 183 of G.I. Joburg. My name is Steve. And I'm Paul. And we're kicking it like it's 2011 again, buddy. It's just you and me in the studio today. Mm -hmm. Wild. <laughs> Takes me so back wild. to that fateful day in October where you were like, we should record a podcast right <laughs> now. <laughs> Flip the script back to uh, episode one in your pod players, if it even scrolls back that far, and you can hear exactly how amateurish we uh, were back then. Of course, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> we're just a little bit older, uh, more jaded and cynical, and that's possibly the tone that we're going to have to take for this inauspicious episode of G.I. Joburg. Because 2020, my friends, has been a hell of a year. Um, I don't think we've fully acknowledged it, to be honest. We've oftentimes on this podcast been in denial of it. But yeah. we'll get into all and sundry <laughs> in terms of where we are and where we're going. But Paul, catch me up, brother. It's been too long. Catch the listeners up. Okay. So uh, what's been happening? Uh Okay, well, for starters, uh, let, let's, let me start on one little positive. Um, this year so far, or so, things so far, have been good for my G.I. Joe collection. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> Always good. Okay. I've, I have managed to finish uh, years 85 and 86 and 87. And, yeah, and I think I need DJ, no, 88, and I think I still need DJ from 89, so I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm sorry if you just heard the police. <laughs> That's not for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we have, uh, yeah, we have all been like, well, I have been crazy, crazy, crazy busy. Uh, and I, I started something called Some Assembly Required with uh, Jim Godfrey and Bart Simon. And this was just to sort of get into the customizing side of G.I. Joe's and, and getting into, and not just G.I. Joe's, but toys in general, but mostly G.I. Joe. And, and sort of explore that because that was something that, you know, in our normal podcast, we couldn't really, really, really discuss that unless we had a guest. And, you know, there's so many layers to, the, to those conversations that um, I figured we should do it. And the whole brainchild behind that was actually uh, Bart got hold of me um, and Jim actually got hold of me on separate occasions asking if I wanted to be a guest on another podcast with them. Um, to talk about modifying GI Joes, and I was like, "Cool!" And then that never really happened. That never came through because you know everybody's lives are crazy this year. And then I was like, "Hey guys, well, why don't we just do our own?" And, and so we've been doing sub assembly required, and it's got its niche. <laughs> so yeah, so that's bad been boys, happening. bad boys. What you gonna what do? You gonna what, do? You, what you gonna what do? You gonna do when they come, when they come for you? Yeah, you watch out, Paul. They're onto you, man. You've been smuggling in illicit items. Some yeah, <laughs> armed three and three quarter inch uh, forces. Damn <laughs> invasion. Mm. Yeah, and for my part, I I hate bleating about the way the year's gone. Things haven't been that bad that I'm, you know, devastated by 2020. But it it's something that I, I perhaps am um, in danger of being too quiet on. On the other hand. Uh, you may or may not know, uh, long-time listeners, that my profession was in live performance. And since March, that hasn't happened um, and probably will continue to not happen. Uh, COVID was the catalyst that sort of stopped my, my tour in its tracks. But life is now perpetuating um, my career being on hold. And what I mean by that is I traveled immediately um, once the global lockdown had, had sort of started coming into effect. Traveled immediately to my wife uh, in a smallish town in Australia and have started a new life together here. Um, her work is here, so I've kind of bowed to that for now um, and, and, and put my career in its entirety on hold gotten work in a completely different sphere, which is far more full-time than my layabout actor gig ever was. It has really impacted on my free time and the amount of time that I'm able to devote to things like podcasts and the YouTube channel. 
my involvement on Talking Joe was a victim of this. Uh, it was just not making a whole lot of sense uh, to come to the party half-cocked and without really the time to put as much joy and effort and I suppose just the the ability to do the, the editing chores for Chief. Similarly, G.I. Joburg has died of death. Certainly the um, play motion stuff, the last time I dipped my toes was Bad Luck Lady. Yeah. Um, that was a good chunk of time ago. Um, I think that was early, early, early this year, I think February, the, the yes, final yeah. chapter w went live. Uh, and that actually coincided with the last time I was in Cape Town. And a lot of close friends and, and fans of the show have, have pointed to the fact that uh, they have no problem with, with more personal stories, stories dealing with the handful of toys. <laughs> it's grown beyond a handful, fortunately, but the, the toys that I have to hand here in Australia, I could always tell tales with them and, and do play motion stuff. But the truth of the matter is I was very hell-bent on bigger stories, more <laughs> high stakes, more vehicles and equipment, larger plot lines, more drama. I didn't want to narrow the focus again because when you, yeah. when you boil down the numbers, it takes just as long to dream up a script, uh, voice cast it, do the principal photography, uh, and, and then do the, the weeks of, of editing that goes into a film afterwards and the sound mixing. Um, it takes just as long if you're doing a, a close-knit story like Bad Luck Lady or a vast story like Atlantis Factor or yeah. Blazing Sand. You know, these things equate to the same amount of time. And I'd much rather be doing the, the epic stories that showcase what we do best, which is taking these collectibles and holy grail items and just devil may care playing with them <laughs> on the ocean. Them in a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> or the ideal situation, Paul. I, yeah, I that too. dreamed about putting the flag to sea and the channel pushed me to do that. I don't mm -hmm. think I ever would have done it had we not had the platform to show it to the world. It always just would have been a pipe dream of mine that, yes, the flag, it's a boat, but it doesn't float. What can I do about that? So Blazing Sand came to the rescue and, and uh, in a similar vein, I wanted to do something quite special with the Defiant. Yeah. At the beginning of this year, oh, tears in my eyes, I, I make this admission. At the beginning of this year, Rob, Paul, and I were in talks about creating a feature-length play motion adventure, something that would tie in all our previous efforts and wrap it up in a nice big G.I. Joe versus Cobra in space <laughs> with the fate of the world hanging in the balance kind of adventure. We wanted to do battles on a beached flag. <laughs> we wanted to incorporate Cobra law in a way that was sinister and believable and meshed well with the tone of the stories that we'd been telling. You know, a lot of people told us that we, we had some of the realism of the comic books mixed in with some of the fun of the animated series, which I think is such an important balance to strike. And presenting it all very lovingly using the original toys, these were the kind of the, the prerequisites of the G.I. Joe play motions. Uh, yeah. These were our non-negotiables. And we, we thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a full-length film? An hour and a half of just raw G.I. Joburg madness. Scripted, voice acted, shot, edited, sound mixed by us. And to that end, I wanted to detain my man Paul and my man Rob in Cape Town for a month and some change yeah. to, uh, to assist me on this adventure. And <laughs> we even went as far as to, to putting together a budget which we would then float onto a kind of a GoFundMe uh, to hopefully pull Paul and Rob away from their work commitments and allow yeah. them to, to subsist for a month uh, when the only work they were doing was shooting, <laughs> shooting each other play with toys. Exactly, what yeah. a dream. Uh, which, needless um, to say, those dreams were crushed, unfortunately. 
or yeah. fortunately, I, I don't know. It, it perhaps might have been too much to chew, or we, we might have actually pulled it off. Who knows? Uh, but it, it it was not meant to be. This year was not going to allow it. There are some positives. There's some serious positives to take from what Stephen has just said now. Um, and I, and, and I, I'm going to sound like somebody when I say it, but I'm going to get to that just now. Um, but the other thing is, is that we have, you know, like a lot of what Stephen said, like, you know, trying to make it epic and trying to make it cool is, is a real goal and was a real risk. Like for myself, it, it's a real risk for me to have taken that month, you know, um, to do this. And so we really had to make sure everything was tight and whatever from our side. And so the, one of the positives, see, I got to that part now. <laughs> one of the positives is, is that what's happened on my side is, you know, I've, I've been getting fairly consistent gigs as a result of COVID because the industry that I work in ramped up dramatically. And so I'm not saying this like, because I'm trying to make people feel bad. So, you know, but it just, it ramped up dramatically to the point where all of a sudden, myself and my contemporaries were getting emails like are you available for these projects are you available for this uh, i'd get emails like oh do you know a, a really good um you know vfx guy you know post-production vfx guys because all of a sudden advertising companies and film companies and stuff were looking for people and so i sort of managed to secure kind of a solid like a, a consistent gig for the last year and it's been good it's been really good but what that's also allowed me to do is not just like you know just relax and not worry about bills anymore but it's also allowed me to also think about okay well what's missing in my collection to contribute to these stories you know and i've really been hitting a lot of my my vintage collecting quite hard where i can because i've had the means to not only because i've been making a little bit of extra money and being able to do things but also the, uh, with the support of the guys from the patreon who have allowed me to get cast members for, for what you know we are planning you know planning for so <laughs> no but it's oh, are we are we planning i don't know I, Look, you don't have to feel guilty about business taking an upswing during covid yeah, that, I, uh, I just kind of do you that know? is wonderful and yeah and you're you're not the only one i mean there there have been a number of people i've chatted to in various walks of life who who said that the lockdown and and people being more active on on um, the global village, the the, yeah. the information superhighway, you know, things reverting to a more contactless, remote situation, working from home at all. These are great strides. I think society has, okay, it's hardened, but it has also made huge strides forward in terms of cementing a more digital economy. Definitely, and that's that that is that is the key to our survival. So I, I would urge you to never feel any kind of guilt that, that things are going well for Paul. This is wonderful <laughs> news, Paul, and I, I, Thanks, uh, I'm happy for you, my man. Thanks, man. And, and you know, you just said, like, how the whole global village, uh, inverted commas, has changed. Well, another great positive is the company I work for, I was having to go and check in, like, every second or third day in their offices and actually be um, sort of, when I say strapped down, I know it sounds negative, but I mean strapped down into a studio and working with the studio team because they weren't familiar with this whole concept of working remotely. And now that COVID has happened and forced us to work remotely, they have, they've actually sold their offices. So now we are going yeah. to be remote working full time, which means that if I need to go and take a jaunt down to Cape Town to go and play with toys with my friends for a month, for example, <laughs> that can happen because the studio that I work with and all the studios now are like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I work remotely, whatever, you know, <laughs> and I can like answer, uh, uh, do, do my, my morning standup meetings on the iPad or whatever, you know, connected to, to like LTE broadband. And then they can be like, your beach background looks so realistic. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, in the, in the positives column, um, Kim and I bought a house in Cape Town. Uh, it's now tenanted. Uh, but, you know, if I may sob one more tear over the loss of our, our uh, movie-making project, we would have had a very cool new base of operations uh, to, with which to stage our, our various comings and goings and, and 
pool our collections if if you you brought them <laughs> yeah well yeah exactly but That's once again thing, yeah. dashed dashed to the wind fortunately it's tenanted so it's it's kind of ticking itself over um another win column it would not be a kind of a, a 2020 sign off gi joe book episode if uh, i didn't make some thank yous of my own uh i have probably more than I care to admit, mentioned that um, I came to Australia with only a handful of, of action figures that I'd kind of not anticipated being my my only action figures for the rest of the year. But a number of folks rushed in to assist. Uh, and I'd be very remiss if I didn't name drop them here just one more time, because it's it's to them I give thanks for keeping the flame of my hobby burning. I think G.I. Joe and G.I. Joburg would have died far swifter had it not been for the fact that I have fantastic toys to hand now. Um, mm. it's, it's actually become quite a little cast of characters. Uh, very varied, um, some that I already own, but a lot that I never did. So either way, uh, it's going to see a welcome home. I know, uh, Paul, you've got dibs on a few um, <laughs> other duplicates. Rob's definitely going to be a recipient of. Um, but the thank yous in sort of chronological order uh, would start off with Mr. Robert Kalupatan, who I met up with in Manila before the lockdown began. And he hooked me up with some vintage G.I. Joe stuff, but also some very varied stuff, comic books and Gundam toys and Transformers, um, mm. all of which will, will be divvied up amongst the G.I. Joe guys in due course. Uh, I kind of fought the notion of sending a box to South Africa because I'd always maintained the hope that I'd be able to visit sooner rather than later. But it seems like that's getting pushed further and further out um, as South Africa gets its second wave Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Fake news? No, no. No, the no, numbers don't lie. But look, the, the, the compartmentalization of this, this, this virus is not a way to win the battle. The only yeah. way is if we cross the finish line as, as a united planet. <laughs> um, yeah. So while I am very grateful that where I live, there's a very firm handle on the, the virus and, and my freedom of movement and life is not impinged at all. It is in the sense that I can't leave the country. So, as I say, or in the, as, uh, to paraphrase the Sarge, we all go home or nobody goes home. We all need to beat this or nobody beats it. But yeah, Robert Kalupitan hooked me up. Uh, hot on the heels of that, but actually predating that, was Mr. Jim Godfrey, who had some goodies sent out to me for my birthday of last year. <laughs> but because I had them mailed to my Australian address, I only got them in March when I got here. But uh, some lovely, lovely stuff, very thoughtful stuff from, from a good friend. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Bart sent me some fun stuff as well. <laughs> An MRE, which I then did a YouTube video on. Plus some dessert in the, the very delicious uh, ice cream soldier. Andrew Creech, ever the stalwart, uh, mm. he not only muled some stuff that I, that I had sent to him in the States from eBay, but he made some very thoughtful and generous inclusions to the box as well. Uh, two boxes, in fact. What a guy. Cody Scalf, hearing my plaintive call for more toys, he threw a very generous box at me. Um, you know, you, I would be happy with three figures. I think this box had over a dozen and very unique ones at that. Some old, some newer, um, toys that I'd somehow never encountered before, uh, redecos of toys, uh, some classics, uh, some essentials. I mean, General Hawk, thank you. Thank you very much. Wh who would be commanding my troops? if I didn't have uh, the 1986 Hawk here with me, just to name a few. After Cody, Alan Grant, a new friend of mine who I met in Australia, had a brief uh, video chat and 
he showed me some of his collection and uh, told me that he's got some duplicates. Do you want them, Steve? I was like, if you're sure, <laughs> which he, he was. And uh, it's thanks to him that I now have a buzz ball, which I absolutely <laughs> adore. Who knew? Who knew? But uh, being a fan of the G.I. Joe Nintendo game, how could you not, right? Then most recently, Dustin Verberg from Dragon Fortress. We had him as a guest on the show, and we got talking about Eco Warriors Flint, and he said, I've got an extra. Do you want it? I was like, do you need an answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> of course, buddy. But I mean, I, I never want to... I, I hate the idea that saying things like this puts any kind of pressure on people. I certainly mm -hmm. hope that's never the case. Um, but beyond the Eco Warriors Flint, he just filled that box out with so much goodness. Um, also very thoughtful. Uh, some incomplete, some complete, but all of them with weapons and spare O-rings. Hmm. And not to mention that, but some uh, third-party Joes as well, some Black Major stuff, uh, and two tasty redecos of the Iron Grenadier, which are just fantastic. Um, I actually have some plans to, to debut them in a play motion, but let me not dangle that carrot too much. <laughs> and of course, poorly, buddy, you sent me a sweet birthday gift, man, and it arrived perfect timing just one day late <laughs> which is my my favorite timing for a birthday gift i must say because yeah, it's yeah. like hey it's my birthday today as well mm -hmm. <laughs> which and in terms so cool. of time zones you know if it's the day after your birthday and you're on the east coast of australia it's still your birthday on the west coast of the united states right, right exactly you know, it's always like birthday clock somewhere, right? <laughs> well, not always, but you you get what I'm saying. And as of this recording, I, I you know I I don't like hyping things that I don't actually have to hand. But good friend of the show, Range Viper Rob, who we recorded the Nintendo playthrough and commentaries on the YouTube channel, has decided that he's not uh, he's not doing anything constructive with his second deluxe uh, six inch snake eyes <laughs> so he's tossed it my way um, <laughs> and I'm sure Paul is extremely jealous at this point and saying but 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 you're not the six inch guy yeah but I'm glad and, that if you were gonna get one it's that one Yes, precisely. Precisely my, my line of thinking. If that figure does not sway me, nothing will. And it is certainly the one to own. Not that I'm the world's biggest Snake Eyes fan, but I think the mix of colors appeal to me. I think a little bit of tasty brown, dark brown, on Snake Eyes' deco works. I've never been too swept up in modern interpretations of an all-black figure. It works in the yeah. vintage line because the colors were bolder in the vintage line by necessity. They weren't trying to emulate realistic real life. They were trying to make colorful, exciting, eye-catching toys. But the closer we get to the Call of Duty generation of toy manufacturing, the more you demand these kind of muted tones and realistic uh color mixtures you know mixed mediums like he's actually wearing various different textures and, and fabrics so i'm excited to see what it's like in hand uh once again i kind of don't necessarily want to put it on record but here i go anyway um expect to see some fanfare for it uh mm. perhaps perhaps on the youtubes uh yeah yeah, I think we'll it needs I think it definitely needs fanfare. <laughs> yes, no, it definitely does. Whether or not Stephen can get off his his morbidly depressed ass and do it, that's a joke. Only not really. You know, perhaps I need to, to just tease that out a little bit. It has been tough to get excited about my hobby when 
I've lost all the kind of the, the free time that I once had to enjoy it. Case in point, it has become extremely difficult for us to podcast. I have mm. one day off in a week and that day is a Sunday for me, which makes it quite late on a Saturday night for Paul and crazy time for Cujo on the West Coast. So, and that's that's it. If we miss that window, we miss it for a week. Yeah. And we have to, to kind of hold thumbs that, uh, that it works out <laughs> the week after. So it, it has become a huge upheaval uh, to, to try and keep this thing going. So that's another reason why I've kind of dropped into radio silence. Yeah, like, so yeah, that's that's the thing as well, uh, and that I wanted to address is, you know, twenty twenty has has taken its toll in in the weird like in the logistics of of what we do here at GI Joe Book because as uh, you know you heard what Stephen said and that does impact us, and um, it also is the how do I put it? I don't know if if you feel this way, Steve, but like I also kind of feel. Uh, like on one hand i'm like yes everything's going well and 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 you know i've got some cool stuff happening and got some new toys and all that but at the other on the other side of that i kind of feel like uh, i kind of feel scared celebrating that when everybody has got more important stuff to worry about you know and and i'm and i'm, and I'm not sure whether you know celebrating these cool things is making people's lives better because they're seeing this and going oh okay cool that makes me feel good oh, i'm seeing some of these like some of these toys and it's great or it's kind of or if it's eliciting a, a response like oh you know they got new toys again you know and and I, and I, and it's just 2020 that's making me really think like that and I, i've also had a little bit of trouble with that for myself but that's me <laughs> so mm. i think uh, in all things keep doing what you're doing hmm. because more now than ever a semblance of normalcy or the life we used to have is mm. of vital importance. If there's a piece of your old life that you can cling to and bring forward into this, and I hate this term, new normal, yes, yeah, that do works. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's disgusting. I don't want the new normal. We all want the old normal, but <laughs> we're all yeah. slowly waking up to the fact that yes, things, things will be, be forever changed. And uh, while I do have the mic, I just wanted to kind of vent a sentiment that one of my favorite podcasts uh, keep trotting out. And it's, it's the one time when these two very thoughtful individuals who intellectually I, I buy and I, I enjoy their content because they are very sensitive around these issues. You know, they do a, a pop culture podcast and talk about how um, cinemas are closing and, and this is all very devastating for an industry, but, but that cinema will survive. And I think to myself, well, yes, but it was a medium that supported millions of jobs. Cinema will survive, sure, but it will be a fraction of it that survives. The same mm. with live theater. People will have moved on. People have found other, other avenues and walks of life. Cinemas that are closing, some will never come back. Mm. The big dogs will survive as they always do because they're sufficiently insulated and diversified. But and agile. Don't, mm. don't lose sight of the fact that like for a huge number of people, this is the end. This will not return in any way. Um, so it feels kind of callous saying things like the live experience of going out to a theater and going out to a cinema will be back. We as a society can't live without it. But by the time that happens in any significant way, a lot will have been lost. And just to have a sensitivity around that, I guess, this is what I'm, I'm preaching at this point. But uh, I can't stand to hear myself preach, so that's enough preach from me. Time for a bit of positive. This year I've has got... brought about a great number of things. Oh, carry mm -hmm. on, Paul. I think I've. Yeah. I think let's switch it up. You, you, you have the mic for a sec, buddy. Cool. Yeah, I also just want to throw in a few thank yous as well. Um, and you're going to hear some of the same names, uh, but I think it's worth 
mentioning them again because they've also been super helpful to me and and you know they they are gi joeberg's friends and also like our support squad you know um and in no particular order um i do want to uh start off with gary viola or gary v uh you know my year started off with a fantastic package from him and from andrew creech and i have mentioned what came through in those packages um in, in earlier podcasts so you can actually rewind and go and check them out because why not our podcast is great to listen to <laughs> um but uh there is one particular item that gary has sent me and i have got a great way of showcasing it and i'm hoping that uh that'll be a cool little uh play motion that is going to happen especially because my leave is coming up soon so i can do it the way i want to and which uh, segues very nicely into Bart Simon. Uh, dude, you have been super, super cool and supportive this year. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, he, he's been my sort of um, drop shipping or forward, forwarding ship, uh, shipping address. Uh, I have, um, you know, found a few items on BBTS and, and whatever, and BBTS couldn't ship here to South Africa. So I shipped them off to Bart and he stuck them in a box for me. He also helped me get a GI Joe, a headquarters command center. Um, and yeah, and it's so awesome. cool. And I can't believe I haven't got myself one before. And, and, and that's also one of the things like, because Steve, because you're all the way there. I, I always felt that your HQ was kind of close by for me, you know, but that you moving away has made me realize, oh crap, I want to do all this stuff in the HQ with the play motion. But I can't. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and, and finally getting my hands on one has has allowed me to sort of combine that for what I want to do going forward. Um, another great guy, Cody. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Cody saw me post about these He-Man figures, and he got hold of me super quick. And he was like, "Do you want them?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Cool." They're in the mail on the way. And then he's like, uh, and then he sends me this message. He's like, "Do you think I'm allowed to send cigarettes through the post?" <laughs> I'm like, unfortunately, the USPS, that's a big no-no because he's like, there's all these cool cigarette brands around where he lives that he wants me to try out, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, and so, yeah, he was there. Dustin Cordish uh, has also, he sent me a message. He's like, oh, I'm sending you some stuff. I'm like, cool. And um, and then, of course, Mr. Jim Godfrey. Uh, you know, Jim is just like, you know, he's immediately like, he heard me say something about ninjas and he's like, oh, he packed me a little box of of just all the ninja force weapons and then he's like, there's a surprise in there i'm still waiting for that to clear through our postal system to get to me but thank you dudes uh and to all of you and to all of you guys that have been like very supportive of the art streams that i've been doing because i know that that's only you know you're only getting one portion of gi joeberg there and the fact that you guys have been coming on and sitting with me and watching me draw and hearing me waffle on about a whole bunch of stuff uh seeing all the same names uh you know, see uh, Andrew again, Gary V, Dan Shemansky, Troy, all of you awesome people, just to name a few, just seeing you guys there. That's been amazing. Um, also with the summer assembly required, all of the support that we've been getting from there. Yes, it's a smaller crowd, um, but it's a crowd that seems very interested in what's happening there. And so digging that support. And of course the patrons, uh, you guys, thank you so much because you don't actually realize how much what you're doing is helping helping me and helping the channel it's it's giving me the option to be able to get stuff that i could normally not get you know um and that goes into the channel so it's things like for example subscriptions to Streamyard, so that we can do live streams without any you know weird hitches and glitches and weirdness and stupid stuff um allows us to and something that i want to experiment with in the new year is live podcasts you know um but i don't want to reveal too much of that that will clear you in on that and that's in january um it's allowed me to also buy some small like little digital assets here and there uh to do things for the podcast going forward you will see them uh classified figures to review and to to check out and to actually have an opinion on so that we are staying relevant you the patreons you guys have been really really awesome with that and i hope that you feel that you know you've been getting you know some good returns on that in the form of having the videos and all of that cool stuff so guys thank you so much for that that that's been a great thing it's like how we've all pulled together with as a community and lastly 
for the thank yous. Everybody who joined in on Backyard Battle, I love it. It's one of my favorite videos that we've ever done. And you guys are total legends for like jumping out and taking your toys out. And we're going to do it again. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, back to Steven. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're going to start wrapping up on this episode. It is a, a shorter one than our usual, but I guess it does have a kind of a more somber tone. But here's the kicker. <laughs> I am adding a very important collectible to my, my stash mm -hmm. in April of 2021. Uh, my son, touch wood, if all things go well, will be born maybe around the 5th of April. And that's pretty huge. Um, pretty huge. <laughs> finally have an heir to the collection. But knowing my luck, he'll probably be into video games or sports. Boo! And of necessity, life takes a, a sharp left turn. Um, my life at the moment is unrecognizable and will continue to become more and more strange and beautiful. Uh, thanks to the guys who I have broken the news to and have kind of shot back with their experiences of, of being a father, uh, and a G.I. Joe fan and the adventure of, of what it's like to be a big kid and to finally have the most awesome of playmates. Um, I certainly hope this young man is, is going to be up for the, the adventure um, because I certainly am. I'm itching. Uh, it's, it's always been a great sadness of mine that while I was able to maintain a steady regime of playing with toys with my friends way past the age we should have set them down. Uh, and, and perhaps G.I. Joburg is founded on the fact that we were in our 20s before we finally stopped playing together on the weekends. Um, it became a very, uh, well, a very grown-up pastime, in fact. Just like some people do role-play board games, we would do free-form role-play with G.I. Joes and Cobras. Uh, and, and while we thought this might be slightly weird at the time, I'm sure the people listening to this podcast are almost a little bit envious. I certainly am envious of 25-year-old Steve, who did not know that he was playing some of his last games with Alistair and Rob. Uh, those days I doubt could ever come back. The play motion was founded on me finding a way to play with my friends again, mm. basically. <laughs> if we needed a camera in play to kind of justify us going out somewhere, getting our Joes out and having a battle, so be it. I was prepared to be that cameraman. But now I've got a little guy on the way who will hopefully just get that furnace stoked again. Oh, hello. That's not him. He wasn't messaging me from, from Kim's womb. <laughs> so I'm excited about the future. Uh, I know it might be a good long while before things are back in the full swing, but I'm hopeful more than ever that G.I. Joe, for me, it's just getting started. Yeah, man. I mean, think about it. You'll get to be, and I'm uh, like, this is something I think is really amazing. You'll get to be a dad who can play with the toys, with toys, with his kid. You know? Well, like, I hope my back holds out. Oh, you're, you're strong. <laughs> yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, man. Awesome, now man. it's the time when the creaks start happening. You can't sort of contort yourself like you used to and get down to the carpet as easily as he once did. I don't know. You better teach me some of that Kung Fu master shit, bro. I want to be yeah. spry. Spry yeah. at age 50. Yeah, I'm going to teach you some frog sit and Buddha sit and all those good things just to keep you limber so that you can, you know, bend down. <laughs> you know, Not only having that... To and this yeah. is news to you as well, Paul. Um, I suppose just a little kind of a coda or epilogue. While I am kind of on record as being a bit begrudging about 
about emigration um, because it did happen all very suddenly and almost without me fully thinking through what it means to up and leave my home and and try and embrace a new society, a new world, um, a new circumstance. But COVID has been a disguised blessing in that my permanent residence status has come through in record time. Wow. So Kim and I were applying for a spousal visa, which can take anywhere between 18 and 18 months and two years to be granted. Uh, they granted it in seven months, but not only that, but they granted my permanent residence status as well, which wow. means I am one step short of being an Australian citizen. You know, the only thing that I'm that I am not in possession of is the ability to vote and the you know the, the 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 passport but for all intents and purposes i have every other right of this country which is something that took kim 9 years of living here to achieve and thanks to yeah. i suppose all the foreign case workers having nothing to do during covid i achieved in 7 months so it's cool <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, I, I, there are a lot of things that I can be very, very grateful about. New Which, toys, permanent residence <laughs> status, and <laughs> my boy. <laughs> yeah, my boy. <laughs> um, and then but that, doesn't that also mean that, like, it's going to, you know, the possibility of you sort of coming back to SA to, you know, come in, you know, or just coming back to SA and then being able to get back to Australia, doesn't that open that up for you? Like it makes it easier? Because I know that one of the concerns that you sort of mentioned was if you leave Australia, you were worried that maybe you would you had struggled to, uh, to get back in because of the visa situation. Yes. And unfortunately, I have inherited my wife's <laughs> uh, neurosis when it comes to immigration and right. travel specifically under COVID, but I do know of a few friends who've made that trip and made it successfully uh, in spite of the uncertainties. Right. You know, we are still working with a situation where Australia is repatriating a limited number of people per week because of the costs involved with hotel quarantine, all that jazz. So it's kind of in the number of four to 6,000 people per week. So you can be on a waiting list with a flight booked and last minute, just be told, sorry, we're at capacity, <laughs> fly, fly to the country next week. And so the risks of travel, Still at least there. financially, not, not to mention just the inconvenience of it, but like just money lost in terms of flight cancellations and rebookings uh, are a huge detractor. Um, so doing it, doing it on the back of a production that is, that is paying for it or a company that is paying for it and doing it on your own, these are two different things. So I'm, I'm still very reluctant to make these moves or investigate it, but with a vaccine in its, you know, beyond its test phase, now it's actually in its rollout phase, maybe by July next year, I will be able to take my son to meet his grandparents. Yeah. yeah yeah anyways this has probably been the most un-gi joe centric episode of gi joeberg for that i apologize if you have managed to suffer through it this long i just like to say have a very merry end of the year whatever shape that your end of the year takes i hope that it is peaceful tranquil reflective positive hopeful i hope you and yours are able to enjoy some semblance of closeness, whether it be in actual physical proximity or over the miracle and the blessing and the curse that is the internet. Um, but I just hope that we all find time for one another and patience and love and peace. And through that, I hope we all find some, some joy and perhaps uh, positivity for the year to come. This can't get any worse, can they? <laughs> oh, no, no, touch wood. No, 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 don't, 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 <laughs> let's not challenge anything. I mean, like, 
you know, to, to chip in there. And it's just one little teeny little, uh, and I have to throw in some GI Jonas quickly. Oh, I now please. Also, I possess a, possess a road toad courtesy of Bart <laughs> Simon who decided to sneak it in my box of goodies. <laughs> I'm um, waiting for that ninja pile driver to show up. Yeah, right. Oh, no. I, I'm surprised. No, it's, uh, yeah, I got a road toad and... I must say I'm starting to like it a little bit more than the than the battle barge because I can actually see a purpose behind it. <laughs> um, it's an incredibly thoughtful inclusion. Like yeah, just, that is some world building right there. I wish they'd kind of spun out of that and include something slightly slightly more useful, like a two-ton truck. Yeah, to hold just, it around. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, like any kind of you know, we we got a bridge layer. And we got mm. a road toad. These are logistical vehicles yeah. or equipment. They are not frontline battle equipment, which is what GI Joe specifically, you know, is is marketing. They want to give you the most exciting stuff, the frontline stuff. Um, yeah. But you know, <laughs> the road toad is just so random, wouldn't you? It like it, it needs it needs it, it firstly it needs something to tow and then it needs something to tow it yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the the piece of the chain that yeah is, is somewhat essential but without the other two is completely just taken up space on your shelf totally but you know as i said to uh, to bart um you know, I, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't a pulverizer. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a road toad. And, and even when I took it out of the box, I was like, okay, cool. And then, like, where's the rest of this thing? And then, like, okay, there was actually a rest of it. It was, like, another part. And I put the two parts together, and I'm like, so that's the road toad. <laughs> I looked on 3D Joe's. I'm like, uh, and on yojo.com, I'm like, yep, that's that's the road toad. It's yeah, just missiles. I don't have the missiles. Yeah, oh, I've got oh. one actually, oh. randomly. In fact, I think I, that missile was was mistakenly included with. Uh, was it Rob's bug buzzbore? Perhaps it's kind of the fin was jammed into the slots on the buzzbore, and I was like, "That's not from the um, that's not from the buzzbore." From the road toad. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so random. You got a missile. <laughs> I got a missile. Awesome. But yeah, guys, um, the other thing is, is like, we know that things have been a bit crazy and, and we've also had to, all, we, all of us have, have had to figure out how we're going to go forward with GI Joe Berg and what kind of shape it's going to take. And I don't want to disclose any of that right now. I mean, Stephen has mentioned a lot of cool things um, already, and I'm very happy to hear those things as well. Um, like super happy, actually. Um, but there are one or two things that you know are going to change with gi joeberg next year and it's not like they're not bad things or major majorly dramatic things i'm just i want to try and get us to do a few more experimental things with the channel and and you know we don't know how long things are going to last with COVID and stuff and you know i want to try and find ways to make it fun and and to get our listeners more involved in in what we're doing as well and you know and and things like backyard battles i mean that was one of the first steps towards trying to do that and so I will definitely, uh, and perhaps Steve will be with me, that would be cool. Um, in January, uh, we will do a state of GI Joe book. Um, and just to let you know what we kind of got planned and bear in mind, we might not get to all of it um, or we might, while we're trying to do something, figure out something else that's much more fun. But yeah, that's the thing. GI Joe book, there is gonna be a little bit of an evolution, a little bit of a change here and there. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of excited about that as well. And as you guys heard before, you know, being able to work remotely and, and that kind of stuff does make me a little bit more flexible now when it comes to, to the podcast and the timing. And uh, yeah, and you guys will you'll see what we've sort of done in January because yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff happening and I'm sorry to be so cryptic, but I would like to have something for you guys to unwrap in the new year after all of your cool Christmas goodies. Um, mm -hmm. What's going to be um, under your tree, Paulie? Ooh, um, I, I've actually decided to take a very weird trip with Christmas this year. 
Um, I have Celia in my life and we sort of decided that we're going to try and get one or two cool things for our folks. And then we will do sort of a, a later thing where we will, we will get us, uh, get each other something like awesome in January or February, because right now, because of how 2020 has affected stuff, you know, there isn't a great selection of things and we don't want to just buy each other something for the sake of buying things. Cause we still want to, you know, be smart financially. So rather get a few things from our folks and then just have these cool moments of like, you know, going, going Christmas shopping and doing all that fun stuff together. Um, but honestly, I've just had, I've just had the, uh, such a gift this year with everybody that sent me cool stuff. Um, and, 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 and allowed me to get a lot of cool stuff that I actually just feel it would be a bit foolish to want anything under my Christmas tree other than just being able to really enjoy it with my family and just really get some time to play with my new toys. Uh, that's kind of a big thing for me for Christmas this year. And uh, I actually almost forgot to mention, and, and I wanted to mention there's a few podcasts back around my birthday. Uh, Steven over here, uh, <laughs> sneakishly, as he does, uh, and it's, it's amazing how you do this, dude. Um, but I also got a, a random package, uh, you know, and it was from Stephen. It was sent from Cape Town, and uh, he, he got his mom to be his like, sort of wingman on this. And it was great because uh, I got one of those those Mega Man figures, the, the Rock Man from, or oh, Rock Man, but Mega Man from the, the sort of video game two pack that comes with Iron Man, and that was a toy I never ever thought I'd have. And it's so great to have that, you know, Rockman at that, like, G.I. Joe scale. And you did I ask will... for it at the time, Paul. I did, I, mean... I did ask for it. I just didn't think you had found it or whatever, because, you, you know, you didn't, like, respond or anything to say, oh, that you managed to get it or anything. I just thought, okay, cool, maybe he went back and he didn't get it. Or, you know, because I know things were, like, really rushed for you at that time as well. So I was like, cool. And then also, and, you know, I also got knocked down. So somehow I magnetically... Uh... Well, that's that's courtesy of Bart, you know. It is, uh, but you also did the cleaning job on it and decided I was the one to to inherit it. So it's pretty cool, and it's actually a cool toy. Like, so that's great. True. So I'm very thankful right now just for what I have, and I think Christmas for me is really going to be about sitting down and just taking the time to enjoy my toys, enjoy all the cool stuff that's happened this year, and um, and just sort of just be able to just catch my breath because it has been intense even though it's been good it's been extremely busy i have not slept well <laughs> for the last four months now so yeah <laughs> i'm looking forward to a little bit of sleep too sorry so I, I i'm sorry if that was a bit of maybe a downer or like something but that that's me for this one <laughs> and i think that's a wrap guys yeah yo joeberg everybody yeah. Until we meet again. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, be good to each other. Stay safe. Play with your toys. Show us <laughs> that you're playing with your toys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going to catch you all in January. Um, and quickly, quickly, while I'm at the door. Sorry, because I've got so much stuff like rushing through my brain. It's all just catching up to me. There are still a few videos that are coming out in December. So we're not going to be completely gone. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Berg. <laughs> Later, everybody. Later.